With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know how we do it. My ride or die crew, I hope you're along for this one because I really, really am looking forward to this podcast. I had a lot on my mind, a lot of people questioning my thought process, which I don't appreciate. I'm just joking. We're all entitled to our opinion, and that's still okay, no matter what everyone else tells you. Before we get started, I do need to do a few plugs. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I've said it every single episode. It's because I'm the co-editor of the website, but my goodness, do we have a lot of good stuff on there. I mean, we have everything from draft breakdowns to mock drafts to features. And uh, I'll give you an example. Jeffrey Benedict has an article coming out Friday that is all about where how he is just utterly confused about the upcoming 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers offense. It's phenomenal. And it, he's right to question a lot of the moves that have been made and the decisions that have been made. Check that out. But not just that. All the, I mean, we update that site probably at least 10 to 12 times a day. So make sure you're checking it out, not just in the morning, not just at lunch, not just in the afternoon and evening. Check it out all throughout the day. You don't want to miss a thing. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, you don't just want to listen to Let's Ride. I do appreciate all my Ride or Die crew. You are so loyal. It's it's amazing. I never in my life thought that I would have a show like this that would have a following that's as loyal as you all. But still, there's so many other good shows. Dave Schofield's Stat Geek Thursday morning was, I thought was great. Listen to it on my way to work. It, it he, he knows so much, it makes my head hurt, but still, it was a great show. The live mic on Tuesday was a great episode this week as well. Also, let's talk about our afternoon shows. We're talking about The Hangover on Monday. Tuesday's The Scobro Show. Wednesday's The Curtain Call. They've been bringing on guests from colleges to talk about prospects. It's just been great. Thursday night's The Steelers Preview. That's myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. That's live on YouTube and Facebook. All of these are around 9 p.m. Eastern time when they're live. And then Friday night's The Six Pack with Tony. We've got the Touchdown Under with the Aussies down under uh, over the weekend. It's just, and then Tales from 2 a.m. That's our entire lineup. I just said our entire lineup. So make sure you check that out. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do. Last thing, if you're an iTunes user, and I know that about 55% of our listeners are iTunes users. Please give us a good rating. Give us a good rating. Give us a good comment. It does help with our exposure, and it would be it costs nothing. It costs absolutely nothing. Just go search ours. Find us. Give us a, a five-star, whatever, four or five-star. I don't even know how much. I'm a Spotify guy. And then give us a good comment. We really do appreciate it. All right, let's get down to it. So I've been saying all along, and those that have been listening to me, whether it was Monday show my live mailbag on Tuesday night, which airs on Wednesday on the audio side. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are done making moves. I've said it from the top of the rooftops. And when everyone always says, Jeff, you're nuts. Jeff, they're not going to be doing that. Jeff, stop, stop, stop. 
People are criticizing me a little bit for my thought process that the Steelers are going to still create space and create moves. And they're saying things like, there's no one good out there to get anymore. There's still players available. There's still players available. But here's this is that's not what we're talking about. I've talked about that enough. Everyone knows my stance on that. What I want to talk about today is what if the Steelers are done making moves? And what if they are just done until the draft? They're not going to make any more moves. The money that was saved when Steven Nelson was released, it's just going to be rolled over. They're going to save it for the the rookies and for the injuries and in-season needs. If they're done making moves until the 2021 NFL draft, have they done enough? That's the question that we're going to be talking about today. Have they done enough if they're done with free agency? Now, granted, if a player gets injured and they have to go sign someone, that's a different scenario altogether. But from what they've done so far, have they done enough to address these glaring issues that we know exist? We're not sticking our heads in the sand and saying, you know, these things don't exist. It kind of reminds me of Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey has his ears ears plugged and he's going, la, 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 You can't triple save a double save. You can't triple save a double save. For those that know the movie, you're probably chuckling, and I appreciate you. If you don't know the movie, go watch it. It's stupid, but it's hysterical. That's what I feel like. There, there are these issues with the Steelers, and you have to ask, did they do enough? So let's let's break this down. First, Let's talk about the players that they have signed, okay? The players that they have decided to bring in or bring back, either one. So we start with Cam Sutton. If you were like me, when the Steelers prioritized Cam Sutton in the beginning moments of free agency, I thought, and I'm sure most of you thought, Mike Hilton's replacement. They're not going to be able to afford both. That's not a, a new novel concept. But maybe after Steven Nelson's now gone, Maybe Cam Sutton is going to be lined up to start on the outside now, in which case that's a whole different issue because now all of a sudden you don't have anyone in the slot. Who is going to play the slot? It's a, it's a question to ask, okay, but Cam Sutton's back. Zach Banner's back, two-year deal. Juju Smith-Schuster's back, one-year deal. Chris Wormley's back, two-year deal. And then since we last talked, Miles Killebrew, safety, special teamer, played in Detroit. I didn't realize this, by the way. That Miles Killebrew, when he was in Detroit, when they drafted him, Terrell Austin was there. Terrell Austin's now with Pittsburgh. Don't think that he didn't have a hand in saying, we could really use this guy, not just on special teams, we could really use this guy on defense. And Jeffrey Benedict did it, in, and Dave Schofield did a great Steelers Vertex article this week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which talked about both statistically and from a film room perspective, the good and the bad of Miles Killebrew. So make sure you check that out. But that adds that 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 means something. Bringing in someone like Killebrew, Joe Haig, versatile veteran lineman, can play guard and tackle. We know B.J. Finney, he's back, and Cassius Marsh, who I couldn't believe that they signed him, but nonetheless, the Pokemon King lives. Cassius Marsh is back for a one-year deal, and so you see what they did. Okay, and that's not counting players like Ray Ray McLeod. Marcus Allen, J.C. Hassenauer, and Robert Spillane, who are all back, but they were expected to be back. Now, Ray Ray and Marcus Allen, they were they signed new contracts. They did not get tendered as restricted rights. As strict, I'm sorry, as restricted free agents. Robert Spillane signed his tender, but still, that's neither here nor there. 
So when you're when you're saying, okay, did they do enough by just bringing those players back? Sutton, Banner, Juju, Wormley, Killebrew, Haig, Finney, Marsh, McLeod, Allen, Hassenauer, Spillane. Is that enough? It's not as simple as just saying yes or no right now. We have to dig a little bit deeper, okay? We have to dig a little bit deeper. So the next thing that I like to do when I'm trying to figure this out, when I'm trying to paint this picture for you listeners out there, well, let's look at who they lost. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth bringing up again. Bud Dupree, gone to Tennessee. Mike Hilton, gone to Cincinnati. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) Tyson Alawalu, Jacksonville. Matt Filer, the Chargers. No, I'm sorry, the the Rams. He's in L.A. I always forget which team. Ola Denier, he signed with the Titans as well. So he's off to Tennessee down in Nashville. And let's we have to remember that Steven Nelson is no longer on the team. Steven Nelson's not on the team. So what kind of issues does this bring up? So let's look at overall depth first. Let's look at overall depth first. The number one, the first position, not maybe not the, the most important, but the first position that I wrote down in my show notes was outside linebacker. Because let's looking at things now, you have TJ Watt. He's one of the best in the business. You have Alex Highsmith. I feel like he is an up-and-coming, a, a really good up-and-coming player. I don't want to say an up-and-coming star. I feel like that's putting a little too much on his shoulders. I feel like that's a little premature from just a generality standpoint. But I, I do think he's going to be a really good player. I really do think that. I think he's going to be vastly improved from year one to year two as well. But still, Highsmith, still rather unproven. And they bring in Cassius Marsh, the Pokemon King. So (laughs) I have to preface this because I know there's someone out there that's saying, why does he keep calling Cassius Marsh the Pokemon King? Uh, There was an article that was written last season or in the offseason. Cassius Marsh is like this really big. Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield probably love this guy because he's like all into Pokemon cards and Dungeons and Dragons or I, I I don't even know what other, I, I'm not that type of person. I really am not. If you haven't picked up on that yet, I, so I've just labeled him the Pokemon King. Cassius Marsh is the Pokemon King. So, that, but really, when you look at it, one, two, three, Watt, Marsh, Highsmith, that's it. That's the only depth that they have. That's it. And so you're like, wow, like, what, what if someone gets hurt? What, what if, what, what would happen then? I mean, our deputy editor, Michael Beck's writing an article, wrote an article that's going to run Friday morning that talks about how the depth on this team is an issue at a lot of positions and outside linebacker is one of them. What if Highsmith gets hurt? You're going to rely on Cassius Marsh to kind of alleviate some pressure off of TJ Watt on the other side. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe you are, but I'm not. So that's, that's an issue. The offensive line is an issue. If you think right now, Whatever you're doing right now, that BJ Finney and or JC Hassenauer are the answers at center, I I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. But I am not in your camp. I'll put it that way. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. But I am not of that ilk that I think that Finney or Hassenauer are starter starting centers for the long term. Do they have, if they can fill in for a game or two? Are they okay? I think so. Four games or more, you're in trouble. But when you look at the offensive line, it goes beyond just center. So guard, David DeCastro, he's an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. I mean, there's really not much outside of a Super Bowl that this guy hasn't done. Was anyone impressed with him last season? No. I I know I've gone on record by saying I pray that he was hurt. 
I pray that David DeCastro was hurt last year because if that's what we're going to see this year, that's that's not good. But let's go a step further now and say, okay, so DeCastro, possibly if he's able to get healthy, stay healthy, can he find that form again that made him one of the best guards in the NFL? A lot of this is going to be predicated on the offense. I understand that. But we're talking about depth here. So look at the opposite side. Kevin Dotson, we all assume, is going to be the starting left guard. So if he's starting at left guard, who's behind them? Matt Filer is not coming back. Finney, we know, can play guard, and he can actually do it pretty well. I have to be honest. He can actually do a pretty good job at guard. When he was in with Pittsburgh, you know, we're talking like 2015, 2016, he, he was a solid guard option for the Steelers if they needed him in a pinch. And I think he filled in for Ramon Foster on more than one occasion. J.C. Hassenauer, I, I'm just not high on this guy at all for really anything. I, I feel like if there's someone that's going to be cut, it's going to be him. But still, you have Haig. You bring him in. He can play guard. He can play tackle as well. And that helps your depth. And let's go over to tackle. So, hey, can play tackle. You have Banner. You have Chooks for, And that's really it. Now, they have four tackles on their practice squad. I'm sorry, on their reserve roster. But I'm not really sitting there expecting any of those players to come in and earn a spot. Could they? Sure. Stranger things have happened. Alejandro Villanueva went from a defensive end to a, I'm sorry, from a tight end in college at Army at West Point to a defensive end for the Eagles, and the Steelers turned him into a starting left tackle. So stranger things have happened. We've also seen players like Mike Hilton, who went undrafted, bounced around with a few teams, and finds a home with the Steelers, and now turned it into a lucrative contract in free agency. Stranger things have happened. I'm just not banking on that happening. But I think that when you look at the guard and tackle depth, I expect them to to probably draft one of those, if not both of those positions, which should really help the depth there. Center is still a major concern, a major concern. But there's depth issues other places as well. Cornerback. It was it was fun while it lasted, wasn't it? It was fun being able to say, oh, man, how cool is it to talk about the Steelers cornerback duo being one of the greatest or the best in the NFL? Boy, that was fun. It lasted two years. It lasted two flipping years with Nelson and Hayden. Now you have Joe Hayden. Steven Nelson's gone. I said this at the beginning of the show. Does Cam Sutton come in and play on the outside? Is he capable of doing that on a week-in and week-out basis? Is that what they want for him? Or is someone like Pierre or someone like Lane or someone else, maybe they draft a a player? I'm not sure. I don't trust the Steelers drafting cornerbacks, by the way. They're awful at it. For as good as they are at drafting receivers, they stink drafting cornerbacks. They're lousy. I mean dreadful. And I don't want to hear this, well, you know, blah, blah, this, that. No, there are certain teams that just cannot draft specific positions. The Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots cannot draft wide receivers to save their lives. If Bill Belichick and or Wang Harbs, John Harbaugh, they had a gun to their head and said, you better draft a good receiver in this round or you're done. They're done. They're done. And so that's one of these situations where they, the Steelers stink at drafting cornerbacks. I, I'm not excited about that, but they need to add depth there. That's a problem. And then also on the defensive line, Tyson Alulu leaving. They do bring in Wormley. I do think that Wormley is going to be a better player than people think. I, I always 
tell people at work that are Steeler fans that oh, there's they signed Wormley. That guy stinks. And I said, well, hold on. When the Steelers brought in Tyson Alulu from Jacksonville, what did everybody say? This guy is a first round bust. Couldn't do anything for Jacksonville. He was drafted in the first round and was lousy. He's going to stink. Now let's rewind the tape. Chris Wormley gets a two-year contract. This guy stinks. We traded with the Ravens for him. He can't do anything. He stinks. The narrative surrounding these players is mirror images of one another. Will they turn out the same? Meaning Alulu turns himself into a very valuable part of the defense. Will Wormley follow suit? I don't know. I'm not sure just yet. But also on the defensive end, you know, you're talking about Alulu also was able to flex out. I know that Wormley can as well. Wormley can play the defensive end, defensive tackle spot. They're probably going to look to add there. Is it Isaiah Bugs? I don't know. Is it Carlos Davis? I'm not sure. Are they going to draft someone? Maybe. There's questions to be had there. So depth right there in those positions, you're talking about outside linebacker, outside linebacker, cornerback, the offensive line and defensive line. There's some big issues. There's some big issues. Another glaring issue for the Steelers is the running game. This is something that Art Rooney II, he spoke with Steeler fans on Steeler Nation Unite, a live phone call. I am not a part of that. I don't do those. Dave Schofield does those. I follow on Twitter and take quotes from the Steelers website and things like that. But he talked about how the Steelers cannot finish last in rushing yards per game, and rushing yards per carry again. I second that, Mr. Rooney. I second that. They cannot. And he said, we need to do whatever we can to fix it. Well, what have they done so far? They promoted Matt Canada. And everyone wants to talk about Matt Canada's motion and his RPOs and all this stuff, but he, wherever he's gone, they typically have been a very good running football team. Just ask James Conner when he was at Pitt. Had a really good year with Matt Canada there. They promoted Adrian Clem from assistant to the offensive line coach. They bring in Banner. And Zach Banner, for all the unknowns surrounding him, the one thing I'm not questioning is his run blocking. The guy can run block. He's a big body. He can go downhill. He can block. I question maybe pass protection, but I'm not questioning him in run blocking. I think that bringing Banner back is an upgrade in the running game over whether it's a Korafor, if he starts at right tackle, or Villanueva on left tackle. It doesn't matter which side. He's an upgrade in the running department. So now that we've talked about who they lost and the issues, have they done enough? That's the question. And I'm going to answer that question right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. And we've been asking this question ad nauseum today. I've said it right before we went into the break. I'll say it again. If the Steelers are done making moves, which I don't think they are, but if they're done making moves, did they do enough? That is the question. And my answer is no. I don't think they did enough. 
Now, it's tough for me to say that because with the, the salary cap going down and the team was already bellied up to this, the cap anyways, that puts them in a tough spot immediately. However, I, I think that they're still able to free up some space. And a part of me, really deep down, is sick to my stomach that some of these moves that were made were made when they actually happened. So let, let me explain this because that might sound a little convoluted and crazy. If you were going to cut Steven Nelson, why would you wait? Like, I don't understand that at all. So maybe you were waiting for the salary cap to go down, and you were waiting for that final number. I get it. I understand that. But if you knew that Steven Nelson could have been on the, the block, why wouldn't you have done that earlier? Give yourself a chance to bring in a higher-profile player. I don't know if this was part of a scheme or maybe this was something like, well, they went to, and this is something Dave spoke about a lot in his podcast was maybe they went to him and said, Hey, we want to redo your deal. He wanted more money. But if if he did that, I don't know. No one knows. We're not privy to that information, but there's something about that that really bothers me that they waited this long. If you're going to do it, do it where you can use that money. And I know it's not the 8 million, whatever the case, whatever the number is, 7.35, whatever, uh, Dave yelling at me in his podcast, but still, um, whatever the, the number is, I wish you would have done it earlier because now they were limited to a very few moves and we're kind of in the bargain bin area of free agency now where you're looking at, okay, who's available and who can we get for cheap and all this stuff. So it's, I'm going to say this though. I, I, I still do believe that they have not done enough. I don't think they've done enough. I thought they've, I think they've managed the salary cap very well. They're doing unique things that they've never done before, like adding void years into contracts. I wouldn't rule out the Steelers making a trade. I say this because just Thursday, I believe it was, I know the Minnesota Vikings got this player, but they sent a six-round pick to the, uh, I want to say it was maybe the LA Rams, I'm not sure, for a center. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and I see that there's a center on the market and there's a team that maybe isn't going to be that competitive this year, they're going to be looking to add some picks. I am getting on the phone and saying, what do we have to give you here? You want a sixth and a seventh? You want a sixth this year and a seventh next year? We can do that. They need to still add a player. And I would not be upset at all if they pull off a trade. I'm not ruling it out at all. I'm not ruling out a trade. Do I think they're going to make a blockbuster trade? No. Would I be upset if they did make a blockbuster trade? No. I I was driving home today from work, and I was thinking about, and this is the crazy stuff that I think about when I'm driving. I was thinking about the Buffalo Bills, and I was thinking about how I really don't like Josh Allen. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Step Brothers, where he says to Will Ferrell, there's just something about your face. I just, there's just something about your face. I don't like Josh Allen. I, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't been arrogant or anything. He's, if he was a stealer, I'd love him, but I don't like him. And I kept on thinking about, okay, who are his weapons? Who, who are, who are, well, Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills made that big trade, that blockbuster trade with Minnesota. They sent first round picks because they, they knew they were going to get a player that was going to be, I don't want to say transcendent of the game, but was going to help their offense get to the next level. The Steelers have done this. They did it for Minka Fitzpatrick. They made that bold move. They said, we'll send you a first-round pick to get this guy. Is anyone regretting that trade? No. 
And to be honest with you, most of the trades in recent history, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple, and I'm sure the people on Twitter are going to say, oh, Jeff, you're stupid. You forgot this trade and that trade that didn't pan out. Most of these big trades for first-round picks or whatever do pan out. You want to bring up Amari Cooper with Dallas, that's fine. I think that Amari Cooper has still been a very good receiver for them. It's not his fault that he plays for a lousy team. And that up until last season, and even last season, Dak Prescott was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards last year, and then he completely tears up his ankle. And then what? You're stuck with Andy Dalton and a bunch of other scrubs that are never going to start a game probably again in the NFL barring injury. That's not Amari Cooper's fault. I feel like that trade has actually panned out. Uh, the uh, the Mac, um, the Mac trade. Oh my gosh, I forget his first name. The he was with Oakland, the linebacker, and he's now in Chicago. That he has played well for them. Again, you can't say that it's you know, the team itself is an organizational decision. But I don't think that Buffalo's regretting that Diggs trade. I don't think Pittsburgh is regretting regretting that Minka Fitzpatrick trade. I don't think Dallas is regretting the Amari Cooper trade, to be completely honest with you. So for me, I look at this and say, I don't think the Steelers have done enough. But I also think, and I've said this a million times, I also believe that they're not done. They're not done. So to take this all the way back to the beginning, if the Steelers are done making moves, did they do enough? I think the answer is no, but I don't think they're done. And when I say making moves, it could be a trade. I think they're still going to be active. I don't know if it's a draft day trade or just a trade in free agency because they knew they know they have a need. And if, if I'm being completely honest with everyone, and I feel like I've said this a lot, but maybe I'm wrong. I do other podcasts as well. If they just find a center, if they just get a veteran center, I would feel so confident about this team moving forward. I would feel so confident about this team going into the draft. I would be ready for this team to really make some noise, but they have to find that center going into the season with BJ Finney slated as the starter. Even if it's only for like BJ Finney as Todd, we're talking about, Oh yeah, you might be a starter for a week. No, I don't want him starting at all unless there's an injury. So I think they're still going to make some moves. I really do. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But there were a lot of people that said a week ago they were done, and they clearly weren't. I don't think they're done yet either. Stay tuned for that. We'll be talking about that a lot more. Let's finish this show up with a little heart-to-heart, as we always do on Friday. I didn't get to do this last Friday because I had Chris Carter on my buddy from DKPittsburghSports.com in the Locked on Steelers podcast, and so I didn't get to do that. However, um, here's something to think about. We want to change. We... The Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we wanted change. We wanted to see, we, at the end of the season last year, when the wild card loss happened and Ben Roethlisberger turns the ball over a myriad, ridiculous number of times, uh, we were all saying, something's got to change. This is ridiculous. And so they fire Randy Feetner. They fire the offensive line coach. The tight end coach retires. Uh, they fire Tom Bradley, the secondary coach. They make some moves there. And... Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing some different moves being made. So we're seeing Mike Hilton kind of goes, and people are like, well, okay, that's fine. Bud Dupree goes, well, that's kind of expected. Tyson Alawalu goes, and everyone's up in arms. Oh, my gosh, are you serious? Steven Nelson goes, and he's cut. I mean, what's going on? I feel like that's kind of the general consensus of the fan base is what's going on? When in reality, maybe what we're seeing is the change that we wanted all along. Maybe what we're seeing are the changes that we were – 
screaming from the mountaintops that we wanted to change. We want to see change. I'm not going to be critical of this team until I see what Matt Canada's offense even looks like. Myself, Kevin Smith, Jeffrey Benedict, Dave Schofield, Michael Beck, we could all go back and watch every single snap that Matt Canada's had a hand in the offense in college. NC State, LSU, University of Maryland, Pitt. I could go on. I'm not going to, but I could. And we could watch every single snap. And we could say, hmm, I think I know what they're going to do. And they could come out in Pittsburgh and look completely different. He could have an offense that is completely unique to what he has in front of him. So again, I'm not going to criticize the change until I see what we get what the result is. What is the result of the change? Same on defense. Mike Hilton's gone. Like, oh my goodness, Mike, Mike Hilton's gone. What if the plan was they knew that Mike Hilton was going to be gone? What if they're going to be gonna they're gonna draft a, a linebacker that is really athletic to play the slot, but could also play the run well and is just a different it's it's a different change. Maybe they're not gonna run the nickel and dime so much and they're gonna maybe go into like a 3-3-5 or maybe even some 4-3 looks. It's all possible and it's all change. So we're all sitting here and we've all said it, myself included, we want to see the change. And yet we might be seeing the change happening right in front of our very eyes and we're just too stubborn to see it. So all I'm saying here, fans, is to stop, think, and realize that you can take a breath and say, I'm going to wait and see how this plays out. That's okay. It is okay to take a wait and see approach to what these moves are really going to mean. Could it backfire? Could the depth at cornerback, could the depth on the line, especially at center, really blow up in their face? Sure it could. But could there be something going on behind the scenes that we are not privy to that should give us a little bit of confidence? It's tough because we don't know. But I am going to, and I hope you do as well, I'm going to hold judgment until I actually see a couple things. Number one, the NFL draft class, 2021. Number two, see what it actually looks like on the field. That's important. Keep that in mind. All right, folks, that does it for me. It's Friday, TGIF. I hope you all have a great week. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend planned. And I really hope that you take some time to check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. As we always finish it out here, folks, you know what it is. My ride or die crew, I love you. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday.